T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All right, we are back. It's so busy. Uh, we've hardly had a chance to talk about the Twins. We're off to a terrific start. They are leading uh, the division. They played fewer games than anybody in baseball because of weather, but they're playing this afternoon. And joining us right now, Mitch Garver. Mitch, uh, you're off to a good start. How does it feel to hit the ball so hard on those cold days? <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what. you got to hit the ball in the barrel if you don't want your fingers <laughs> yeah, to break off. So that's really all we're trying to do. Mitch, I've talked to you before. You know, the concussion factor, and, and, and catchers are always thinking about this. And then in spring training, you got one right up in the old wheelhouse there where they just about clipped you. What was that like? Was that a scary moment? Because it seemed like you came back right and played the next day. Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always some doubt that comes across when you take a head injury. And, uh, you know, the, the hit-by-pitch that I had was a lot – it looked a lot worse than, than it actually was. Uh, it clipped the, t- the bottom of my helmet and ended up knocking off my glasses and my helmet at the same time. But – uh, luckily it didn't hit me square. Um, I dodged a bullet there and, uh, you know, I was able to, to go on the next day and play. Talk about your grandfather and what he part he played in getting your career going. Yeah. My, my grandfather played uh, fast pitch softball all across the Southwest part of the United States. And, uh, he was a catcher. So, uh, when I first got introduced into baseball, he was the one who, was kind of pushing me to be a catcher and and uh you know he bought me my first catcher's helmet and and really was kind of that important role for me to to grow into that position that'll get you a quick swing too if you play that fast pitch softball one you got to have quick hands to play that yeah so my my grandpa and my college kidding coach ray birmingham he also played fast pitch softball so uh I don't know if you know anything about u n m but they, there's always been good hitters coming out of there because of the way that he teaches the baseball swing it's very compact it's very tight uh you have to be able to hit upwards of more than 100 miles an hour in fast pitch softball yep. so it's it's translating well into baseball now ever had a streak like you got now uh not not on this stage Sid. i've never you know never been able to uh consistently hit the ball like this on the major league stage but i've definitely done it um in years past Mitch, with uh, three catchers on the roster, do you have much of a feel for what the rotations are going to be? Is there a time you might see some uh, action at first base, maybe even in, in outfield DH? Because obviously you've got a hot bat going right now, and it's uh, you know somewhat of a pleasant uh, problem as to how to figure to get you the proper number of at bats. Yeah, I think that's that's always a good problem to have, right? Like put that <laughs> yeah. put that decision on Rocco's table that you got <laughs> three catchers that can play and and. You know, we we can all play multiple positions, and we're all swinging the bat pretty well. So, I think we all bring something to the team, and and any way you can fit us all into the lineup is is a good thing for the club. I got to tell you, that was crazy at New York because that should have been an advantage pitcher with those those cold nights and uh, an ace, a couple of aces thrown, and obviously you lit one of them up. Is there something that happened? Is there something that did you see the ball well? Because it made no sense. It should have been completely pitcher's advantage. You hadn't seen him before. All those things, and you guys looked really good. Yeah, I think like one through nine, we we put up really good at bats against the Grom, and I think uh, after that first inning, we we knew we had a beat on him, and 
once we got a few runners on base and then and then popped a few homers, like that's when the confidence really grew. And uh, you know, I, I think as a lineup, we should be pretty proud of what we did against him because obviously he's one of the best in the game. And uh, you know, I think that should just translate well for the future for us. How do you like working with this new pitching coach? I like Wes. Wes is a good dude. He's uh, he brings a lot of energy to the club, and and uh, you know he's he's young, and and this is his first year in the major leagues, so there there is some adjustment period. But he's been good for us. I think the guys are are really starting to grow on him, and and uh, we've been working well together. This question probably answers itself, but I have to believe you guys are really looking forward to having some games back to back to back. Nobody in baseball has had more time off than you. It's had to be a little. A little eerie to to have off days almost every other day. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not ideal. Obviously, uh, we we'd like to kind of start the season off and, and play as many games as we can in a row and save those off days for later on in the summer when when the when the season gets a little long. But you know, it is what it is. We're we're uh, taking that challenge head on. I think I think the guys are doing a pretty good job of staying in shape and staying ready and and making sure that. You know, when when we do play a game, uh, that that they're ready to go for that. How this Harper? That's uh, you know, we're just learning about him. You worked with him in spring training and whatnot. And it sounded listening to the game yesterday with Dan and Corey. They like he broke a couple curveballs off and left a couple guys standing. They hadn't seen it before. What has he got? What what's his makeup like? Because he's closed as much as anybody. Uh, you talking about Harper? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Harper. Uh, he's you know he he throws a lot of strikes and he knows what he's trying to do out on the mound. Uh, He's got two different curveballs. One of them is is about sixty eight miles an hour. The other one's about seventy five, and they both look the exact same. So, ah. I mean, as a hitter, it's it's got to be tough to try to recognize the difference between the two. And then he's got a fastball that he can run up, you know, mid mid eighties to lower nineties. How do you like the idea of having three catchers? Uh, it's you know, it, as long as I'm in the major leagues and and helping this team out win, it's it's okay by me. Mitch, uh, obviously, uh, this week you, you guys have played through. Last year was something else, and this year you've gotten a little of that cold weather taste again. Uh, what, what's that like? Because uh, you guys went east, you didn't go west, you didn't go south to start the season. You've kind of played in the cold throughout. Does that wear you down it out? Is there anything that you do precaution wise, or things that you can do to to play through the cold? Honestly, I kind of forgot what it's like to play in warm weather. Yeah, I guess uh, that helps, huh? Right <laughs> so, I mean. We- Everybody takes takes into account in different ways. Uh, some guys, you know, they use hand warmers, or they're, they're, you see them wearing the face mask or whatever. But as long as there's no wind, I think the cold doesn't bother us as much as the wind does. So, I mean, obviously, it'd be ideal to to start the season off in Florida and play Miami and move up to Atlanta and hmm. and uh, you know make those trips early. But uh, it is what it is. But you've had a number of different lineups in a very short season so far. When do you learn if you're in the starting lineup? Is it when you come to the park in the morning? Do you have a pretty good indication the night before? At what point do you know, okay, I'm I'm going? You know, Rocco's been pretty good about that. Usually it's the night before you okay. kind of know where you're going to be in the lineup or, or if you're catching, in my case, if you're catching or not. So uh, that's that's good help for us. We, we get a lineup before the, the next day's game, and then, uh, you know, you show up to the field and you're ready and, and you know where you're playing and, you can uh, take your your training and your treatment and other things into consideration when when you know the lineup. Has the batting coach worked with you a lot lately? I'm sorry, what was that? He, he batting said, coach. Batting coach. How much have you worked with the batting coach? Oh, uh, been working a lot with James. Uh, 
this is my third year, you know, kind of getting to know him. So we uh, we know each other well, and uh, I think we work together well. And, and he knows my tendencies, and and uh, you know, we I'm never afraid to take a little criticism from him if if he sees something off, and and that's what you need out of a hitting coach is somebody who can tell you you know what they really see as opposed to just telling you what you want to hear. Mitch Carver, uh, thanks for being on the air. For being on the air, we'll get your certificate to Murray's Restaurant, the best taken down. We'll mail it to you in care of uh, the twins. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mitch. All right, guys. Have a good one. We're back. Mike, I, I, I was joking with you. You, you brought up the, the Final Four. It seemed an eternity ago. Oh, my gosh. There's so much going on. And uh, uh, Fenton, who we had on, he had his press conference on Tuesday. That seems like forever ago. And then the, the Timberwolves finished their season on Wednesday, and that yeah. seems like forever ago. This has been for April uh, between the Minnesota United opening the stadium and the Twins coming back home and everything else. This has been something else. But the Wolves, uh, they got some decisions oh. to make now. They posted the job for president of basketball operations. Uh, I think they're going to take a good hard look at Chauncey Billups. I think Calvin Booth, who moved on from the Wolves yeah. to Denver, is going to get some some play there and others. And I think uh, I think Billups is going to uh, be highly thought of and considered for that position. And then the question will be, do you get to name the coach? Do you get to what happens next? Yeah, because, I mean, there are coaching things going on in, in the NBA Vic, right Victor now. Victor Staff and, got uh, fired. Uh, David Yeager got Yeager fired. Yeager got Minnesota fired. Two guys that you can uh, make an argument for with Minnesota ties. When you sit on the sidelines while you're searching for your head of basketball operations, these guys, you know, it doesn't take long. We've already seen people released and, and hired by somebody else over a 24-hour period. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix short of things. Memphis blew their thing up and yep. reconfigured it. Uh, everybody, these moving parts. Uh, New Orleans has got their GM going, coming from Cleveland. All these people are moving really quickly on this and uh obviously i saw coach thibodeau at the championship game as well he looked relaxed <laughs> <laughs> you got the the lakers situation walton's gone out magic johnson's i i yeah it's but 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 the wolves it's hard to paint you know i talked to Derek rose the other day and it's just hard to paint an optimistic picture right now because i i don't know where they i don't know how you decide on rose jeff teague you can try to trade for you know if somebody wants salary camp yeah. relief after next year is yeah. about the only thing you got to offer but you have no idea when he's he's a great player you got no idea when he's going to play no it's it's absolutely true we're going to take a break here when we come back rick spielman will talk viking football right after this sports huddle said dave and mike all right time to talk viking football Michael, you set things up. Say good morning, Rick Spielman. Rick, uh, you haven't called me yet, so I, I assume that uh, you haven't quite fine-tuned as to who you, you – I always say don't call me till you narrow it down to four or five guys. Uh, we, after we get down to four or five hundred, if you're still on that, <laughs> then we'll call. <laughs> How's it What's this process like the last three weeks for – or last – I guess since the season ended for you guys. How do you pare it down? Yeah, it's been a grind, but it's the most exciting time of year. This is the time of year you get to – uh, best chance of improve your football team. Uh, you know, the coaches have been working extremely hard on making adjustments from schematic standpoints with the new offense going in. Uh, you know, we've been getting ready for the draft prep and the UFA. So we started our final meetings uh, last week, and we got two more weeks to go until we finalize that board. Uh, but but very exciting time of year, and it's even more exciting because our uh, players start uh, trickling in tomorrow to start our offseason uh, program. How much uh, do you think the offensive linemen that you've signed are going to help you and give you more depth in the offensive line? Yeah, no, we, you know, we were, uh, wanted to 
built the depth up in the offensive line from a schematic standpoint. We may be looking for a little different type of offensive lineman than we have in the past. So uh, some of the guys that we have signed fit what we're going to do from a schematic standpoint. And we've been really honing in uh, on the draft picks because I believe there's a lot of good offensive linemen in this draft. And you're going to get some great value throughout the draft uh, that are going to fit the traits we're looking for to, to fit in the, the scheme that we're going to be running. Rick, as you look at what other people think you're going to do, uh, the position of tight end comes up from time to time. Tell us where you think you currently sit at the tight end for, uh, position. Well, yeah, no, we got Kyle Rudolph and, and David Morgan's our blocking tight end. And uh, Conklin we drafted last year, uh, who's kind of a little bit of a combination guy. So when you look at these tight ends in the draft, um, some of them are blocking tight ends, some of them are complete, can do a little bit of both, and then some of them are mismatch type guys. So as we go through the tight end position and we start talking in the, the draft, we have to marry up to what the coaches are looking for. Are they looking for more of a traditional Y on the line of scrimmage tight end? Are they looking for what we call an F or an H that can go out and create mismatches with uh, safeties and with linebackers? So we're going through that process now because I think there you'll see a, a mixture of those type of guys coming up in this draft. Rick, what have your impressions been of Gary Kubiak and the new offensive coaches when you sit in the room with them? Uh, very smart, uh, very easy to work with, uh, great knowledge, uh, great understanding, uh, along with Kevin Stefanski on what they want to accomplish on offense and what type of players they're looking for on offense. So uh, it, it's been it's been really really uh, I can't tell you how well it's gone since those guys have come on board. Using the offensive linemen that are available in the draft are ready to play right away. I think as we go through each individual, um, there are guys that are ready to step in and play right now. We believe there are guys that may take a little time, but uh, halfway through the year or year two. Uh, they may be better than the ones that are going to step in and play right now. So as we sit there and talk about each offensive lineman individually, um, you know, we're trying to determine not only can they fit us from a schematic standpoint, but are they first-day starters when they walk in the door? Is he a little bit of project that will take some time but has tremendous upside? So we're talking through and going through all that process right now. Rick, in the past few years, uh, the running, gra- running back position has been downgraded in importance, according to a lot of different people. How do you feel your position at the running back right now, and where does that fit into your draft plans? Well, in, um, you know, Dalvin Cook, we feel, is one of the most explosive running backs in the game, and, uh, you know, he's got to keep him on the field. Uh, losing Latavius Murray, who was not only an excellent football player for us, but a different type of back than Dalvin, but a great individual who, who I can't tell you how what a true professional he was. We were able to sign Amir Abdullah back. We had two couple of young guys that we like, and Brock Thomas and Mike Boone. Uh, but we'll look through the draft. I think there's always value. We found the two young kids last year as college free agents. Um, so I think that uh, as we go through the draft, there's one or two there at specific points in the draft. We'll definitely take a peek at it. You know, I, I was asking an offensive line coach about this, Rick, and uh, I was saying what, you know, they always talk about the big difference between college and pros, and college, they stand up, and, and he said what you got to look for when you look at offensive linemen 
if it translates into the NFL, is can they bend? Because they haven't had to bend a lot in college. Is that oversimplifying it, or is that what you have to figure out? Try to figure out through the workouts. Um, and, you know, the one thing about this year's offensive line class is a lot of those guys uh, participated in postseason bowls, like the Senior Bowl. Uh, some of them were at the East-West game. So you got an opportunity to actually sit them, uh, see them play in an offense where they're going to have to get in a three-point stance. So they're going to have to come off and, and run block uh, because a lot of times, you know, these guys are in two-point stance the whole time during the game, and 80% of the time they're probably run block or pass blocking. And when they do run block, they never have to fire out. They kind of catch and mirror. So those are all the things that you try to uh, – <laughs> Who's going to replace Cheryl as a kick returner? Well, that's, you know, something that we have to look at. Uh, we have a couple of candidates on the roster right now. Uh, and we'll also may be able to address that at some point in the draft as well. But Marcus was, you know, you he, he just can't replace a guy like that. And uh, not only, like, again, another player that was great for us on the field and a great success story on how we found him, uh, but also an even better human being. Yeah, one of the quietest players that I ever covered. He, he's such a nice young man, and he never did anything to disrupt the locker room or anything else. He he was just so quiet and about his business, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. But he was a he had that uh, that's my example. But the other thing too, if I can't mention that, you know, because he comes from such a great family, and, and his brother and everything his brother had gone through. Uh, they're, they're just great people, and it was a tough loss for us. Will the signing of Tatum help you with the salary cap? Uh, <laughs> I to sign the draft charges right now? No, that's why uh, Mike Max and, and Dave and you are going to all come into play. <laughs> we're not going to sign a college free agent. We're going to have to go deep into the uh, radio row. <laughs> You're looking for some minimum contracts, you're saying. <laughs> and we are nothing if not negotiable. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, Rick, thank you so much. We know it's a busy week, Sid. Rick Spellman, it was a pleasure have you in the air, and for being on the air, we'll get your mer- merge certificate. 
Thank you very Thank much. You. Hey, guys, remember, minimum is our friend. <laughs> <laughs> you always tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Rick, we'll send you our enlisted numbers. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Hi, that was Rick Spielman. Back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. We are back. We'll give you a little update here on the Masters. Uh, the rain is about an hour and 15 minutes away is what they're saying. And they're moving things along pretty well for a major tournament. I haven't seen things go this this fast uh, maybe ever before. We're uh, nearing the halfway point this morning. Molinari through eight is 13 under. Tiger Woods moved up. He's 12 under through eight. Uh, Brooks Kepka is uh, 11 under through nine. And Tony Finau is 11 under through eight holes. So the leaders are the four of them within two strokes of each other. Woods one down and Molinari currently will keep you up to speed. Trevor Hildenberger of the Minnesota Twins bullpen. The very active and very effective so far bullpen joins us. Trevor, uh, how did, what's your opinion of the season so far? It just seems so weird, you guys, having so many off days. But when, you, when you've played, the bullpen is, by most accounts, has been very effective. Yeah, you know, a lot of off days in April is uh, a blessing and a curse. We had a bl- uh, an off day in every road city, which is nice. You know, explore Kansas City, Philadelphia, New York, um, and even here, it's been nice to have that off time and kind of uh, relax and explore. But at the same time, you want to get in a rhythm as a team and as a pitcher and get consistent work. And you know that there's only a certain amount of off days in the whole season, and you kind of like them in the second half, maybe in August. Um, but, you know, you take what you can get. What about the mental approach when you're a relief pitcher? You don't know if you're going to go in or when you go in. What What is the mental approach? Yeah, it's tough, um, especially when you're unsure um, when you're going to pitch. As a as a reliever, i got to be ready every single day. So i got to have the same mental approach every day I come to the ballpark, and that approach is I'm going to pitch that day. You have to prepare every single day like you're in the game. Um, so I do the same – Arm care routine, um, same stretching routine. Uh, I warm up in the same inning down in the bullpen. Like I do my all, all my exercises to get my body ready. Um, maybe a little bit more when it's really cold outside. Drink a little hot apple cider, um, and I'm good to go. Hot apple ciders, that's the beverage of choice right now, huh? Yeah, apparently that keeps your core temperature warmer longer. Than really? So it, it, your body spends less energy to keep your body warm when you drink hot apple cider. So. Well, but and then, then you transfer to Gatorade when it gets uh, hot or what? Yeah, Gatorade or ice water. Um, it's, it's brutal drinking cold water when it's cold outside. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> How do you like working with this new fishing coach? How much is he different than other fishing coach you've had? Um, it's been great working with Wes and Hess. I think that they're very prepared and they come with a plan every single day on, um, and they talk to you and communicate that plan to you for what, what part of the lineup they think I will face, uh, who I match up well against, and what pitches I could throw maybe first pitch. And then from there, it's kind of up to me. Um, but he's very communicative and he's very approachable and um, he's a little bundle of energy. So it's been great. Do you watch tape with catchers or with with Wes or with uh, someone else on the? What's the routine as you go over the opposing hitters and develop a plan? So they send us video on a little app that we can watch on our iPad or our iPhone at home, and I usually do that at night alone. Um, if I wanted to watch with catchers or with a coach, we could do that at the field. Um, I think Rogers does that, but that's not really my approach. I like to watch them on my own. And then look at written scouting reports, which is just written down on a little chart of 
maybe a hitter's weaknesses and a hitter's strengths, and then I already know my strengths and weaknesses, and I can kind of match up and see where and how I'm going to attack somebody. You know, Trevor, I heard Jim Cott talking, I think it was, it was Chad a couple weeks ago, about when he became a reliever late in his career as a left-handed reliever at the time. He'd go into a series, he'd go, okay, i got to get Al Oliver out, or whoever their top left-handed hitters were, that's what he'd focus on. He'd put all his time on that. Do you get that detailed? And do, do you go, okay, I know who they're going to want me to face. I know if it's an inning or a one out who they're looking at me to get. Do you break it down in that detail? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes if I know that there's a big power right-handed hitter that they want me to match up against, um, then I prepare for him specifically. Um, Sometimes it's a stretch of a lineup, maybe four or five hitters that I think I match up well against. Um, And sometimes I don't know anything. So um, it's kind of just play by ear. Talk about your college career as a pitcher who helped you a lot and so on. Yeah, I played college ball at University of California, Berkeley. Um, my pitching coach there was Mike New. Um, he was the one that helped me change transition from over-the-top to sidearm and learn my sidearm delivery. Um, and now he's the head coach at Cal. So we're uh, we're still in contact, and I go back there once or twice in offseason and, and say hi and see everybody. So um, we have a nice personal relationship, and – I thank him for all he did for me. Trevor, uh, you're sitting on top of your division. I think the team has played as well or better than any of the experts predicted. What's the feeling in the clubhouse about this team? It's good. We're positive. We're all getting along, and um, we're all together. I think there's been a couple games so far that I think maybe we lose last year, but we've had um, some luck and some some clutch hitting. Uh, A couple games in Kansas City where we came back and won in, in late innings against a bullpen, and then um, a close game on the road in Philadelphia, and those are the tight games. A game last night, one-run game against a divisional opponent, um, and we come through and, and shut the door. Our bullpen shut the door, and um, to be able to win those close games against division opponents and good teams like Philadelphia, that's um, a really, really good sign. Yeah, Detroit's a funny team. They're playing really well right now, and I don't think they have a guy hitting over 260, but they put some things together. Their pitching's been pretty good. And when you guys had the bases loaded and nobody out yesterday and weren't able to add on to the lead, you go, oh, oh but, but that's where the bullpen's got to come in. We always talk about picking you up on the back half inning, and that's what you guys did yesterday. 100%. You know, a good team, a playoff team, playoff caliber team, picks each other up. When the hitters uh, maybe leave the bases loaded, the bullpen shuts the door. When the bullpen maybe gives up a run or two, the hitters pick us up and answer right back. So, um, like yesterday, we gave up two, I think, in the top of the third. We came right back in the bottom of the third and scored <laughs> three or four. So, um, it's been great. Trevor Hildenberger, thank you very much for being on the show. And for being on the show, we'll get you a certificate to Murray's Restaurant, the best steakhouse in town. Thank you. And Thank you very luck. much. Good luck the rest of the way. I appreciate it, Sid. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's Trevor Hildenberger back with more Sports Talk right after this. Sports Huddle said Dave and Mike. All right, guys, we've got a couple minutes to talk here, something we haven't had all morning so far. I want to go back to the Gopher Spring game because Sid's tape with P.J. was before the game. Didn't have a chance to talk about it. I had a chance to watch it on the Big Ten Network. After that, I'm about as impressed with the Gopher football team as I've been in the last 10 years at this stage, Mike. They... Uh, uh, when they get inside the 10-yard line, they're going to be fascinating. Last year, they introduced Seth Green inside the 10-yard line, which made them very hard to defend from in close. I'm sure we're going to, we're going to see Daniel Alele at some time during the year. And, I mean, he's bigger than refrigerator period. the old refrigerator treatment. We're going to see that during the year. Can you imagine uh, you put him in, then you shift 
from him along the line. Don't give the other team a chance to move and run him from six yards in. He was hit by three guys last night. It didn't make any difference. He ran well. He just dragged them all into the end zone. Looked like it was no effort at all. Looked like that was one of those things. They said, listen, big guy. We're going to give you a shot this spring because yep. we're going to dress this thing up a little bit. Now, they you know, they played it inside, which was really no – they don't draw anything for that game anyway. Some teams use right. it as a revenue source. They don't, so they could play it inside and not have to worry about it not being a TCF Bank Stadium. Uh, the, re- the fact that they've had a lot of repetition. Now, this is their third spring on, under this coaching staff yep. already. That makes – a big difference when you when you know what you're doing and all those things. And uh, spring games are always funny because if somebody played well, then that means somebody on the other side didn't play well. Uh, and so, you know, how you judge it is always subjective to, well, if they if they completed a lot of passes, then what was wrong with your defensive backs? And I was going to kick out. I was watching the Alabama spring game, and they, they Crimson beat the White. Well, that means nothing to you. you no. <laughs> and yesterday, Maroon beat Gold. Well, we were picking Alabama all the way. In. Yeah, taking Alabama yeah. all the way. See, Although the, in the South, man, those spring games are something, aren't they? huge. Oh. Sid, did you have a chance to watch a Big Ten Network coverage of the Gopher uh, Inter-Squad game uh, yesterday? I watched it. What would you think? I, yesterday, I couldn't go to the Gopher game. I watched it on TV. Sure. Quentin Hartman had his 18th birthday yesterday, so Chad had a big birthday party for him out of Mystic Lakes. Oh, Okay. And uh, it was a big, big birthday firm. So for him, I had to be there. So I didn't go to the Gopher game, but I watched it on TV. You can't tell anything on that stuff. Well, they're a lot more athletic. Uh, There's just no question. Their offensive line, their first-team offensive line, is going to be really, really good. I think they've got two quarterbacks. It's going to be hard to choose. I think they're relatively equal. They're both just sophomores. I was impressed with the third quarterback, Clark, the kid from Texas last night. I think he looks really good. The schedule is so much in their favor. They don't play Michigan, don't play Michigan State, don't play Ohio State. State. And then they get Penn State. At a home, yep. home, and they, they, how could they have a more favorable schedule? Well, they've got one of the hardest preseason schedules in the Big Ten, but even at that, I think they should be relatively heavy favored in every one of those games. Yeah, I ran to Craig Thompson, the commissioner. And, oh, sure, he Fresno know. State yeah. is under his. Uh, so ran him at the Final Four, and he says Fresno really get a good time playing because they got hit hard by graduation. Good coach, Tefler, yep. but he said it's going to take them a while to get on their feet, so he said Minnesota's going to get them at a good time. Yeah, Georgia Southern is the same situation. They're another, uh, you know, well, a little bit same offense as Georgia Bob Tech. Bob DeBess, I believe, is their offensive coordinator. There's yeah. a name from the past. So what happened with Georgia Tech when they ran him against uh, the Gopher defense? So I think it's going to be a good year for Gopher football, and I'm not sure how much they learned yesterday, but I think they, uh, uh, Gopher fans had liked what they had to see. In the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to have open phone lines one and maybe two times so stay tuned i'll announce that one segment ahead of time you can get lined up it's been a couple of weeks since we've had a chance to take your phone calls i've already had some text messages hey you guys gonna be able to take phone calls today yes we will and you can pick the topic we haven't really talked that much about the twins we'll talk a little more about that i would invite your twins phone trends related phone calls in the 11 o'clock hour we'll have one or two guests uh we'll also uh, make sure that we let you know well in advance when we're ready to hear from you so get ready with your questions and don't let us down uh, we'll be back in about oh uh, seven and a half minutes. And right now, we'll give you an update on the Masters. For now, you are listening to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.